Let's get nuts. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, don't do that. Clear that. Come on. All right. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Film Junkie Live. It is Wednesday. Tighten that. Oh, don't mess up the freaking thing. Okay, how's everybody doing? So you guys uh, having a good Wednesday? We're halfway through the week, huh? You guys doing good out there? Let's get to humping. Thank you guys for clicking in, of course. Make sure you smash that like, thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel if you want to become a member. We do a members-only stream right after this. You can pick my brain a little bit, you know? We've talked about some things, and I might have heard some things, and hey... If you want to uh, ask some questions afterwards, you could do so, or you could check out the Patreon. It's kind of where I put some of the more, uh, hey, secretive shit, I guess you could say, on there. So check it out. Am I muted? Okay, let's see. Am I muted? Droga says I'm muted. Am I really muted? Uh-oh. Droga says I'm muted. Okay, he's, he's just messing with me. Thanks a lot there, guy. Yeah. All right. So it's either on your end or he's trolling, which... Okay, thank you for throwing me off. Thank you for throwing me off my, uh, you know, my groove there, young squire. Really appreciate it. Eat some bacon with a knife and fork, you weirdo. All right. Okay, here we go. It's like Jesus Christ. I was in the middle of talking about something, but hey, whatever. Don't have to worry about it anymore. All right, let's see what we got here. We got uh, we got Mr. Super Gal uh, Super Godzillax vlogs right here. Friend excited to watch uh, second last DCU movie ever made. Excited to watch Blue Beetle. Good for you. Good like that. All right, we also got Fear Jason right here. Good to see you, buddy. Alien sex love sounds. Ah, it's been a while since I've seen you. Because I, you know, always remember your name right there, for sure. So uh, he says, I think this is a bad idea if it's happening. We all just saw Cavill and B.A. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're just going to be talking about, because the director, Mr. Angel Manuel Soto, talked about, uh, he talked, he just talked recently, not recently, I don't know how recent it was, but talked about the presence of Superman in it. It's not like we're actually, I don't think we're going to actually see something, but, but, uh, yeah, good to see Axel, of course. Uh, Mr. Nobody, hey everyone, happy Wednesday. I wonder how much CGI they're used to book. Yeah, like I said, I don't think it, like I said, don't get, uh, don't mislead. Superman, you know, is not, is going to have talks. There's going to be talks of Superman. I don't think they're going to do anything crazy to actually put him in it. So, what the fuck is crazy? I know, right? It's dark outside. Uh, if you notice, like, my opening, usually I don't use the lights when I do my opening for, uh, for the show. If you notice my opening, I usually have the blinds open, and I just use the natural lighting. But it's, it was pretty damn dark today, that's for damn sure. So, doubt Superman is in a court. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the thing. It's like, what's the... I, 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 and, and I'm wondering about that, too. When we talk about Superman, I, I don't think there's going to be any kind of silhouette or anything like that, but there's going to be a presence. And like I said, we're just going to talk about 
what is happening, uh, when, what, hap what happens when it comes to, I guess you could say, how they're going to approach Superman when it comes to Blue Beetle. And then, of course, yeah, yeah, I even said that, too. I was when I responded to the interview. I was like, yeah, just make it just make a cage, just make a cage, Superman. What's going on, Stephanie T? Good to see you. And of course, we have Miss Nighthawk. Good to see you. Good to see you, gorgeous. Let's see. Mama Film Junkies here, too. Hi, Mom. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's see who else I got. Let's see. All right. We got Mr. Eric Patterson right here. We got Guy. What's going on, Guy W? Wishing you and everyone in the, in the chat all the best. Yeah, from Buffalo, so. Anyways, uh, let's see. We got Slasher right here. I'm a Marvel fan now, Dave. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with being a Marvel fan. What's going on, Anthony? Good to see you. Always good to see Anthony right there. Hopefully everything's going good on your end. All right. Somehow I wager I'd, uh, it'd be a headless soup. Yeah, but something tells me it's not going to be really anything, just a reference. So someone ban accent. <laughs> Oh, don't don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Just for eating bacon with a knife and fork alone. Right? So, and uh, you got a big fan here, ACS. I don't know who this Joey guy is. He shows up every now and again, says a couple quippy things, and then who knows? And, uh, he, something tells me he's a funny guy. Who knows? And drinks beer really, really fast. Really, really fast. That's for sure. So, good to see you, Joey, Mr. Marino. All right. Yes. And now we're going to talk about, of course, Superman and Blue Beetle. And like I said, yeah, I mean, it's I, they're not going to go. I mean, I remember there was people that were actually thinking that possibly there would be like, what if they try to inject them in there somewhere? And it's like, I don't think they're going to go that far, but there's definitely going to be references. There's going to be references, of course, to Superman. And we're going to talk about that because, like I said, Mr. Soto, who directed the movie, was asked about where Blue Beetle fits in the DCU, and then, of course, when it comes to Superman and the fact that, you know, when this was filming, there was a different Superman, and then now there's this Superman. So w were they able to keep that all going? So he answers that question. We'll go over that, as well as uh, the Latino community really urging fans to support this movie, putting out, you know, things and urging them, petitions and whatnot. We'll talk about that as well because, you know, let's face it, with all the strikes, this movie just, it's not getting really much help. I mean, Zack Snyder helped it, which was nice. And we're going to talk about that and just how, you know, and then, of course, everything when it comes to that. It's just, everything's just, ugh, right now. Of course, we'll talk about Bob Iger. And he just uh, still doesn't get it. We're going to talk about Gran Turismo, the uh, the reviews, and we'll see if we can get some box office uh, projections for that. Again, this movie is probably not going to... Is this? Are people hyped for this movie? What's happening with this movie? Uh, who knows what kind of splash this is. I mean, obviously, it's Neil Blomkamp, and I think he's a great director, and I've played the game. I, I mean, when that, that Gran Turismo, what, 3? Or whatever the hell it was that came out on PlayStation 2. Man, I played the shit out of that game. Didn't really play the newer ones too much. But I remember when playing that like crazy. So, And then, of course, uh, we got Adam Devine. Devine? Devine? I always... I can't remember which way you say his name. But he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast. And they talked about comedies. And he brought up Marvel. So then, of course, a lot of people just ran with it. And he called out the clickbait. So, yeah. We got all that. See, no one is going to watch this poorly written woke trash. Whoa, we got Magnus right here. Bringing out the W word. Oh, shit. 
the woke trash. Nobody. Again, I always love the hyperbole of nobody. Nobody. Nobody's going to watch. Nobody. It's like, well, there's people that are going to watch. Now, is it going to be like a huge, huge hit? No. Does it need to make a kajillion dollars? No. It's got a low budget. It's fine. Uh, you know, just supporting the underdog there, Magnus. If you want to call me woke, then guess what? I guess I am. I did have some coffee before this, so I'm pretty woke. But I just love that. You know, woke trash. Okay. Uh, woke isn't used enough. <laughs> woke isn't used enough, except for it's used for every fucking thing out there. But it's all good, dude. You know, you do, yeah. Uh, is Tyrone Magnus? Now it's... Is that, is that, no, I don't think it's that man. <laughs> Batman is a fascist, hell no. No, well, did you not pay attention to BVS? Go back to BVS and see, like, the whole point of Batman going down a dark path was the fact that he was kind of acting like that. And then he saw the light and came back. So you could do all that, so. Anyways, David, did you hear the news? Of, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's see who else we got. Of course, we got Fabian Diaz uh, always saying, Restore the Snyderverse, fire James Gunn, make Man of Steel 2. Um, yeah, geez, is that a f another fucking fly in here? God damn it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, those hashtags are fun. What's going on, Mario? All right, let's get to these tweets. I think I've been rambling a little bit too much here. We're going to start off the tweets uh, with actually a pretty funny joke, to be honest. Uh, somebody actually, somebody responded to this right here, and I thought it was funny because this person right here said, "Not, I'm not going to lie. At the end of the day, I have no idea what race Vin Diesel is. And uh, this guy right here, the chameleon air socialist says he raced car, and it just made me laugh. He raced car. I mean, it was just funny to me. I thought that was funny because, yeah, he's a mix, you know. When it, when it comes to uh, Diesel, he's kind of, I guess he's kind of a little bit of a mix of all kinds of things. I don't know, but I thought that was funny. And and then, of course, here we go right here. We got some art. David Corn sweat as Superman, and I like the fact that they used the black background for the S. I mean, who knows what they're going to be using when it comes to, I mean, this, man, the costume reveal for this Superman is going. Does he look like Andrew Garfield a little bit right here? It's like Andrew Garfield and Henry Cavill had a baby. And that's David Cornsweat. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I, I was getting some Andrew Garfield vibes right here. Some Andrew Garfield vibes. You know, of course, he's always got like a similar look uh, to uh, Henry Cavill. But then again, they all just have a similar look to Superman. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good thing that he does look like Cavill because Cavill looks like Superman, so he looks like Superman, just like they all look like Superman. Just like I always love it too. It's like, and then that's that was the joke. That was the thing that was put out there by Colbert when and uh, his tweets like went viral because he said like, yeah, they you know he was making fun of the fact that Corn Sweat does look like Cavill, but it's like, well, if you take them all, it's like, yeah, they all relatively have to look like each other because they're all trying to look like Superman. So, but of course you got to get that. And I got some responses with that too. So it's pretty funny. So what do we have here? Huh? So a lot of people, I mean, this could just be a selfie from Emma Stone, nothing to look into, but that's no fun. That's no fun, guys. We all got to freak out. We all got to get our magnifying glass out, our jeweler's loop. We got to be looking at everything we're looking at the hair and everybody's going <sighs> she's looking like 
Spider Gwen. Is she looking like Spider Gwen a little bit? The Spider Gwen haircut? Everybody was like freaking out about that. Simple little selfie, but she is blonde. It is short. Of course, it's not shaved right there like Spider. But then again, Spider Gwen, when, or when it comes to Gwen in the Spider-Verse movies, she is still relatively young. Emma Stone wouldn't be playing that young of a Gwen if she were to show back up as Gwen. But uh, it is interesting because, I mean, we would all gladly welcome it, this. And, of course, it would be fantastic that Andrew Garfield got another spider-man film which he's all down for if you guys remember him talking about it that he was down to there's more story to tell when it comes to all that and they established more story to tell when it came to no way home when it came to his character but just imagine and the theory's been out there it's not like i came up with this theory right now i'm sure you guys have heard the theory but imagine especially with all the multiverse stuff and the spider-verse stuff imagine if emma stone came back as gwen as spider gwen and this Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, sees her and they have like a reunion. Of course, it's not going to be his Gwen, but it is going to be a Gwen Stacy. And it looks like her, whatever the hell, would be pretty interesting. So obviously, this is nothing because she probably just dyed her hair and whatever the hell. And maybe she thought, you know what? I'm going to fuck with people. That could be something, too. She's a jokester. She might just be. Let's see. Let's see if this goes around the internet and blows up the internet a little bit. And it did, you know, a little minor explosion. Not like it went too crazy, but it was kind of funny that it was like, oh yeah, look at that. She's got, she's got Gwen Stacy type hair. What is happening here? Obviously with the strikes and everything, nothing's happening, but there could be some discussions that have happened prior. And I'm just saying, if you have an amazing Spider-Man three, where we have Garfield's Spider-Man, coming back to his universe and then something else freaky happens and he ends up seeing Gwen again. That would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. But it's most likely nothing, guys. Most likely nothing. She just took a selfie, but hey, it's always fun to come up with theories and all kind of... There's nothing wrong with having a little fun. There isn't. We all do this. I do it, of course. Nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with this, too. For some reason, this uh, tweet... This tweet's uh, making the rounds. A lot of people were passing around this tweet, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to tweet this because I thought this was cool. It is cool that now when you watch Man of Steel, when the zero-hour event is happening, when the world-changing machine is effing up Metropolis, you, you have both Bruce Wayne and Barry Allen on the ground helping people, saving people, and whatnot. You got Bruce Wayne running in to destruction and you got Barry rescuing a kid a sad moment and a great moment when it comes to the flash movie now if you're wondering why it looks a little darker because I took the little edit yeah somebody made like an edit they Snyder Snyderized some of the stuff when it came to the flash which is always kind of funny like somebody sent me the one like well with Batfleck on the bike and how they added they added the Hans Zimmer score and they added his color palette and I'm like yeah that's cool but at the same time I'm like I you know that's Andy Muschietti had his style and what he wanted to do and I want to appreciate the director's vision with that I mean I always find it funny when people are like oh yeah you know it's fine or it's all about the other directors and all this stuff like that but then when you Snyderize something everybody yeah. They started like cheering and just being like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, okay, are you an actual fan of other directors or you just want one director? I always just find that funny. But 
but it is like those edits were cool but at the same time i'm like yeah well andy is his own thing too but at the same time just the scene itself of the fact that barry was was there in metropolis of course he looked ridiculous but it was a good it was a good scene but i just like the fact that bruce both bruce wayne and barry allen were on the ground when all that was happening so just kind of like that but yeah for some reason i just tweeted this out like Monday night, I think it was. Yeah, it was Monday night, and for some reason, it's getting passed around everywhere, which kind of shows you it's like, well, a lot more people seem to like the Flash than didn't. Got more praise for this right here than negativity, which was uh, pretty interesting. So it was a cool moment. It was a cool moment. But where was Diana during the Black Zero event? I don't know. Probably somewhere clinging a statue or something like that, remaining in hiding. Do we have to know that? And then, uh, yes, guys, uh, I forgot to mention this on um, Monday's show, and I do have a drink because we did lose a legendary film director, Mr. William Friedkin. So cheers to him. Of course, he, uh, I mean, he lived a full life, almost 90 years old. I think it was, what, 87? 87 years old, yeah, or 88, 87, whatever, but uh, he passed away on Monday, and if you don't know who Mr. William Friedkin is, I mean, you'll, you, he's best known for, of course, directing one of the all-time iconic, scariest movies of all time, The Exorcist, but that's not all he did, too. He did the China, he did the, uh, he did the China Connection, and which a lot of people deem that when it comes to chase sequences, he was like the pioneer for that. He paved the way. But uh, if you went down his, um, his IMDb, you'd see some movies that he's did. Everybody was talking about Sorcerer. Now, I have not seen Sorcerer, but everybody was talking about that movie, Sorcerer. And I'm going to have to check it out because it sounds interesting. And a lot of people, like a lot of the other directors and even people like actors and stuff, were really praising the movie Sorcerer. And I have not seen it yet. They were talking about cruising, of course, with Al Pacino. He's just done To Live and, and Die in L.A. That was another one a lot of people were talking about. So he's just done a lot of movies. He did Rules of Engagement, The Hunted, Bug. If you haven't seen Bug, I've seen Bug with Ashley Judd. Interesting movie. Very interesting movie. So, but uh, cheers to uh, Mr. Friedkin. Mr. Friedkin. Friedkin? Friedkin. Friedkin for, uh, you know, for all the, uh, the good, the great uh, movies that he made along the way. So cheers. The French Connection, yeah. Yeah, the French Connection is right here. Like, when you want to talk about, like, a, an actual... Let me take a drink, her. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, talk about just the way that this all played out right here. Just the camera, the camera placement, and just the way that... I mean, some of these close calls... Yeah. If you want to see where, like, you know, Gene Hackman, of course, nailing every bit of this scene right here. But, yeah, check it out if you haven't already. Whoops. I hit the wrong thing here. Hold on. Hold on. Jesus. My computer just went wonky. Don't you love it when you hit a button? You hit a button, and then everything goes crazy, and I don't know how to get rid of this. No. There we go. Jeez. All right. Now we're back. Sorry about that. I meant to hit the back button, and it went crazy right there. But, yeah, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Jupiter looks pretty awesome right now with that new telescope that they have, the James Webb Telescope. We got some bat family from Mr. Of Course Phil Cho right here. This is a Birds of Prey TV series, Batgirl, that's with the bat family. That's pretty sweet. 
let's see. Hey, did you guys know that uh, Mr. Joe Biden thinks that the Grand Canyon is one of the nine wonders of the world? That's right, guys. One of the nine wonders of the world is the Grand Canyon. Well, it's actually there's seven wonders of the world, and the Grand Canyon is not one of them. Um, again, he's not all there, guys. Let's just face it. And he's running again, though, so, you know, hopefully he wins because, holy shit, the guy just, he's in his own little world right there. But, uh, yeah, Joe Biden, one of the nine wonders of the world, is the Grand Canyon. You have, you have to laugh. You have to laugh. Come on, man. You just laugh because it's like, holy shit, what is holding this guy up? It's just funny. You have to make fun of politicians when they say dumb shit, right? And he says a lot of dumb shit, probably because he just, it's not, he's not there. His brain is gone. It's sad. Okay. David Harbour on Creature Commandos. That's right. I didn't know what it was when they sent it to me. I met with James Gunn, and he laid out a bunch of stuff. It's moving. He consider, considers it one of the best things he's ever written. It's hilarious. Of course, a lot of people are, are not going to like that. Anytime they hear that something James Gunn is hilarious, they're like, oh, God, it's just going to be nonstop dick and fart jokes. I'm sure there's going to be some. But it is interesting. James Gunn told David Harbour that this might be the best thing I've ever written, which you kind of hope that as time goes on, obviously every any writer would want anything that they put on paper is going to be better than whatever they've written. So, and you want to praise it, you want to sell it, that makes sense. But yeah, David Harbour basically just uh, being interviewed and talking about Creature Commandos, which of course he's playing Frankenstein. He's playing uh, right there, of course, and obviously his voice really is going to be fitting that role right there but yeah just saying that how great it is and like i said um i think i yeah i said it on monday's show is uh it's going to be seven episodes long for the season one who knows how it's going to fit what references they're going to have what easter eggs are going to be there but uh yeah it's hilarious and of course it's got to be when you have a group like this it's got to have some hilarity to it you know make it a little doom patrolish cuz doom patrol had some pretty damn hilarious moments it's okay to, it's okay to laugh with this stuff you know every now and again okay keep going keep going we'll talk about that of course this is an epic picture right here fantastic hilarious this picture is one of the best things I saw in my timeline yesterday. Come on. No injuries reported after instructor accidentally drives into building at driving school in Lakewood, Colorado. Isn't that great? That's great. That's just freaking hilarious. You can't be excited. You can't be excited for Creature Commandos, you know, because uh, Go Hansen is like, Go Hansen said, who cares? Because he he thinks that everybody should think like him, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> I have no interest in the animated show. Okay, Go Hansen. Well, other people do. I'm going to check it out as well. So, who cares? Well, some of us do. That's funny. And just like, uh, check this guy out. So this came across my feed, and you guys know I'm all great about impressions and everything. Celebrities burning themselves on the stove. This guy's brilliant. <laughs> Oh, God, these hot pockets done. Ah, God, that's hot. 
Oh, these brownies smell fantastic. Sorry, I, I didn't have that thing on. Ow! Ow, oh, I burned my finger. Well, my lean cuisine is done. No, 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 no. It's funny. <laughs> Ooh, donuts. Don't! <laughs> well, That's I'm a good scream right there. I'm going to artichoke dip out of the oven. Ah! <laughs> He's got the mustache for it too. Cool off my finger with a cooers. <laughs> hey, here's a deal. Bad side. Beetlejuice nails it right here. It was in the oven. I don't really care. I'm gonna go for it. God, God, every single time. Well, that's gonna leave a mark. <clears throat> Save that for later. Johnny Five is a lot. He just he even does Johnny Five. It's great. Mr. Joe uh, Gaudet. Gaudet. Good stuff right there. Love it. Love it. Uh, anyways, moving on. We got Ridley Scott. So, uh, real updates right here. Really got a handful of people going, what the hell are you doing here? Because it said, Ridley Scott regrets directing Alien Covenant instead of Blade Runner 2049. I should not have made this decision, but I had to do it. I should have done Blade 2049. And it's funny because immediately everybody jumped into action, as they do on Twitter. But it's kind of funny because I do appreciate the community notes that basically said this tweet is misinterpreted. Ridley Scott's quote, It wasn't that he regretted directing Alien Covenant instead of Blade Runner 2049, but rather he regretted not being able to direct both. So, yeah, don't think that he hated directing Alien Covenant. But at the same time, I think we're okay with it because Denai, Denai made a, you know, a pretty, um, a pretty awesome sequel to Blade Runner. So I think we're okay with that. I think we're okay with that. And then, of course, the internet wins with this again. How the fuck does, do people figure this stuff out? Seriously. Barcode scanner music by Japanese collective Electronics Fantis, uh, Fantasticos. So they're, they're using bar scanning, barcode scanning guns to make music. It's insane. How do, they, how do you come up with something like this? <laughs> so what? What? How do you figure this out? People are so creative. You gotta love it. Just thought I'd share that because it's freaking awesome. Just like this poster is freaking awesome when it comes to the Dark Knight trilogy right here. This little three poster right here showing the trilogy with the bat in the middle. And then, of course, you have Begins. You have Dark Knight. You have the Joker. You have Catwoman right there on the other side of the building. It's all freaking great. That's a cool poster. Want that. Want it. Blade Runner isn't for you? Yes, because you have the attention span of a gnat, Droga. <laughs> I could see that. Everything's boring. And we got more Bad Family right here that has, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, the all what the Bat Family actually was. But the costumes aren't bad, aren't bad at all. And then we have right here, okay, so a lot of people were talking about this, which was some industry analyst think Apple could acquire Disney in the next few years. To avoid FTC blocking, Disney could sell some of its linear TV assets, ABC, FX, etc., or other assets in order to slim down the company for an acquisition. 
So this was one of the things that was being talked about today. A lot of people were, and this is not the first time we've actually heard about Apple, Disney, and whatever. It's not now, it's not going to happen when it comes to full-on Apple buying Disney. I know, I know a lot of people are just guaranteeing it. I don't think it's going to happen. But with the whole thing about selling certain things, would not be surprised. Just like Warner Brothers Discovery. Warner Brothers, yeah, that's going to also happen too, where they're going to continue to sell things as well to other companies, other IPs and whatnot. I mean, naturally, of course, this will put a tingle in the jingle of some of the people that have the whole sell the Snyderverse thing. I don't think that's going to be one of the things that they do. But I'm just saying, like, I would not be surprised if maybe Apple can, you know, ends up getting some of it, which is fine. But it is kind of funny because... I wouldn't be, okay, so Apple has just gotten so big and they're like in their own little corner and they're actually doing pretty well when it comes to, I guess, I mean, I'm sure they're not doing as well as they might say they are when it comes to their streaming service, but their content has been really good. I mean, people rave about the shows on there and the docs and some of the movies. They're raving about it. Does talk does get talked about it. And then of course Apple has just like Amazon, they have the other side, which of course is all the Apple products and it's such a big so it's like even though the streaming the streaming services maybe still lose money for both Amazon and, and Apple, they still have so much on the other side. I, that's the way I've always looked at it. But when it comes to this, I don't see them fully buying Disney stuff, but I would not be surprised if they buy certain assets. Yeah, Disney has so much, and they could just like, here, you take that, you take that, you take that. They could do that, as opposed to just making every goddamn live, you know, every goddamn Disney movie into a live-action piece of shit <laughs> no they haven't been all pieces of shit but hey you know what can you say but I, I i wouldn't put too much into that but but we will probably see some things get sent over to different companies all right and we got all that. Hey, this is sounding good, too, right here. Dan Trachtenberg says they had exciting conversations about making another Predator movie while it's finishing Prey. Prey was great. I enjoyed Prey. thought it was a great chapter in the Predator franchise. I've never stopped. No one stopped thinking about how cool things could be going forward. Make another period piece with a Predator. Why not? That's what worked. That's what worked. And then finally, this got greenlit. I remember talking about this like over a year ago, but HBO has greenlit Sam Mendes' half-hour comedy series about the making of a superhero movie titled The Franchise. It follows the crew of unloved franchise movie fighting for their place in a savage and unruly cinematic universe. Something tells me there's going to be some Snyderverse references. Snyder Cut references, I should say. Probably a lot. I would not be surprised if Sam Mendes has done his homework on everything that happened when it came to Zack Snyder and what he had to deal with when it came to Warner Brothers and trying to make Justice League and all of that. There's going to be references. This is going to be very interesting. I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I like Sam Mendes. I think it's going to be something that's going to be hopefully pretty damn good. And then speaking of Zack Snyder, we got producer Eric Newman talking about Zack right here. 
Zack Snyder and I made our first movie together many years ago, Dawn of the Dead, which is still one of the highlights of my career and experience. We've stayed friends, and there was a moment where he was hoping he'd be part of the Star Wars universe, but to Hell do yeah. sort of a Magnificent Seven in space type story. More than ever, there's always the threat of totalitarianism and we who must unite against it. It's more relevant now than it ever was. And Zack had just finished Army of the Dead at Netflix, and I'm based at Netflix, and it just sort of made sense that Zach and Debbie and I and Wes would do this together. It's been so fun. I mean, it's a massive movie. I would sometimes drive on to set and I would look out in the distance and think like, could that possibly be part of our show? And it always was. It's the biggest thing I've ever done and it's really cool. I'm excited for people to see it. I think you'll love it. Zack Snyder and I- Heck yeah, man. We just need that damn trailer. What is happening with that trailer? Come on. <sighs> and then, hey, remember that there's supposed to be a Cleopatra movie starring Gal Gadot? Well, it's still happening, according to Charles Roven, talking to THR. He says, uh, yes, the new version of the epic drama Cleopatra is still happening, still to be directed by Carrie Skogland. At first, it was supposed to be Patty Jenkins, but Patty Jenkins somehow, Patty Jenkins ran into just a string of bad luck after, well, pandemic, Wonder Woman 84, a lot of things. She lost... Wonder Woman 3, she lost Star Wars Rogue, uh, what is it, Rogue Nation? Rogue Squad? No, Rogue Squad. I said Rogue Nation. Wow. Um, and then, of course, Cleopatra. It was just kind of crazy how much was lost right there. But, yeah, apparently it's still going to be happening. And Charles Robin, and yeah, he did a little chatting about all that. But, yeah, that's actually a pretty cool fan art poster right there. She looks pretty awesome but we'll see if that's still but it's going to be apparently paramount to universal and waits you know of course when the strike is over and one of the other things that charles robin also said in the same interview he said that he's not going to be work he's not going to be producing any of the new dc movies right now they as in gun and saffron are really rebooting everything well, hopefully, <laughs> and it's not clear to me how how infinite how, how finite their desire is to use or not use any DCU actor in the same roles. So after all this talk about Wonder Woman three, and again, I am one of those people that that am not believing any of that. I think there's something. I think there's something where Gal is just. The fact that she didn't talk about the cameos that she had previously this year, I think she's putting pressure on them because, you know, she still has a contract, so she wants to walk away with some some scratch, which she should. Give her the scratch. You guys, the regimes were the changing of regimes and then things with her character and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know what? She freaking nailed it as Wonder Woman. She will always be a great Wonder Woman. She'll always always be our Wonder Woman. But I just think that she is putting the pressure on them to just be like, all right, here, <laughs> you know, hand her, a, like, hand her a big bag of cash. And then she's out. It gets paid out because I just, again, I don't see it actually, I don't see her actually doing Wonder Woman 3, to be honest. I think she was putting the pressure on. But uh, yeah. So Charles Robin talking about that and just kind of saying like, you know, what actors are going to be used previously that he would actually be a producer on because obviously he was all part of that. He was always on the side of Zach as well. Charles Robin was great, but uh, yeah, won't be producing any of the new DCU projects. And then we have this. Zachary Levi. Okay. I didn't talk about this on Monday's show, so I thought I'd talk about it now because I was like, oh yeah, the Zachary Levi thing. 
when I was looking for things to talk about today. Uh, a lot of people were talking about what he said at this little event. I really didn't look into it. I went, ah, geez. Zachary Levi, he does he does a good job of keeping himself in the news, right? He ends up like saying something on like a stream or a podcast or whatever the hell. He ends up saying something and then all of a sudden it gets passed around. But a lot of people were comparing him to Stephen Amell when it came to what he said right here. So I went, okay, is he against the strike? Is that what's going on? Because Stephen Amell was like, I'm against it, uh, the whole striking part of it. Uh, I don't support that. I support the union and whatever the hell. But this is what Levi had to say right here. I'm not allowed to talk about <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm not allowed to talk about any of my previous work. Okay. I'm not allowed to talk about movies that I may be a superhero in. I'm not allowed to talk about uh, TV shows that I may have been a nerd who worked at a Best Buy kind of mountain. I'm not allowed to talk about any animated princess movies that I was fantastic in as the best prince ever. I'm not allowed to talk, <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about those things. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit here. First of all, cringy. Just, uh, anybody else's butthole, like, just, eh, yeah, it's cringy. It's cringy. Zachary Levi, you know, sometimes just the way that he, I don't know if he's trying to do, like, a stand-up bit or something like that. But the whole thing's that he, like, the headline of saying it's so dumb it is kind of funny because he's just like, I can't talk about it. So, and, but at the same time, I was like, okay, so this is not what Stephen Amell was saying. He just thought it was dumb that he can't talk about previous projects. And I agree. I agree with that. I do. I agree with it. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of, I mean, I get it. It's somewhat promoting. If you talk about an old project that is like promoting where somebody could see that and then decide to download it or go get a physical copy. Totally understand that. But at the same time, I always I was always on the side of like, well, can't these actors and actresses still promote some of the stuff they've done or some of the things that are coming out? Like that was the whole thing about me and Blue Beetle. I was going, this sucks. You got this, some of these young cast members, these people that are in this movie, and they can't even freaking talk about it. You know, Sholo can't even talk about it. You got like a cool little something right here after the success of Cobra Kai. You can't even talk about this. Even Tom Cruise was meeting with all those people and saying like, well, can't they still promote what, they, uh, what they've worked on and what they have? So, so I will say that, uh, yeah, the way that he said it, cringy. <laughs> Definitely cringy. But uh, I kind of agree because I'm like, I was actually supposed to have somebody, an actress on the vodka stream, but that was the week of the strike. So then it went from, well, she can't talk about any work, any acting work that's going to happen in the future or that happened prior. She can only talk about just regular stuff. And then it ended up canceling. And it was just kind of, it was like, wow, that's right. They can't even talk about stuff that they were in and it's just that's just it's, it's a little weird for me it's a little weird very strange to me but hey what could he do why are actors doing cons isn't that, i know i'm that is that is a good question miss stephanie t that is a good question how are they still able to isn't that apparently that's okay they can make an appearance but they can't talk it's all just a little weird it's all very strange it's all very strange i don't get it it's all very strange. 
Has Roven even uh, been that kind of producer from the business standpoint? He's been a producer. He's still been a producer. Um, I forgot. You know, I don't know what all he's done, but Twisted Metal has become Peacock's most binged comedy premiere and one of the streamer's top five original series of all time. So, you know, the god-awful clips and trailers, I've been seeing a lot of people actually saying that they've enjoyed, they're enjoying the series. So, kind of curious. I might be curious about it. Might have to check it out. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have watched it. Anybody out there have watched it? But I've been seeing people going like, well, it's not exactly, I mean, just even people that were responding to, uh, to my tweets, you know, some people were saying like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's not, he's like Sinfinity right here says, honestly, as someone who grew up loving the games and, and wrote what I would want the movie to be in my head for years, it was pretty awesome. It's not perfect. Overly jokey at times, of course. The first two episodes are kind of iffy, but the attention to the lore and payoff makes it very entertaining. So just stuff like that. Only heard good things. Yeah, so a lot of people are saying, like, uh, you know, not too shabby. Not too shabby. What's going on, Phil? Good to see you. Uh, but Droga thinks it's trash. Is there anything that you do like, Axel? <laughs> that probably means I will like the Twisted Metal series. <laughs> anything? Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Never seen it. I met Zachary Levi at Comic-Con. He was a very kind and funny. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a very nice dude. I mean, I had somebody who responded to uh, to that tweet as well saying, like, like uh, you know, of course, they talk about him liking Jordan Peterson. And it's like, okay, so immediately they just they, 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 they cast him out. I'm not one of those people. It's like, all right, you like somebody that maybe I won't like. That doesn't mean I'm going to fully think you're like, you know, Satan. But that's just the way society is right now. Society just works like that now, where it's like, oh, wait, you agreed with that person about some things? Well, then I don't agree with you about anything. We can't do that. It's the fall of society, folks. we got to stop doing that. But Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle needs help. Yes, it does. Although it seems like the closer we get to the release, it seems like the box office projections have gotten better. 30-plus when it comes to domestic, that was the latest one. Who knows what it's going to be like next week. We'll talk about it, of course, when it comes to next week. But I, I did want to bring up this interview that Mr. Brandon Davis did from uh, comicbook.com talking to Mr. Angel Manuel Soto. What? Something happened. Wait a minute. Did he delete the tweet? Oh, there we go. Twitter, Twitter or X was just messing up. Yeah, Elon fucking with me right now. How dare you? Okay, so let's just kind of go over this right here. When it comes to Superman, you know, Brandon Davis wanted to ask about everything that was happening and when it comes to Superman and Blue Beetle. The DC Universe franchise got new leadership back in January, and I'd love to hear if anything in any way at all did anything about your process have to change? Did you guys have to have conversations about how to fit this in, or was it just it stayed? No, place? no, we, I think we were. We were smart right off the bat into making this a standalone. Um, That's good. Of course, conversations happen because of the way cultures are shifting in terms of superhero. Everybody needs to belong to a clique. And although that is a promise that can happen, we wanted to give this first movie an in proper introduction to just Jaime Reyes, right? And his family. That's why the movie, we take our time introducing you to every family member and their dynamics so that you can fall in love with them. So that once the scarab attaches to him, 
all hell breaks loose, right? So that's good. I'm glad that they're going to hopefully flesh out the family. And it's not just going to be, you know, a bunch of jokes just, you know, or whatever. So by doing so, we're able to create a, a fresh take on the origin story where the family is involved. Uh, when the family or every family member has a heroic arc. Uh, and, and are active participants in the formation of Jaime Reyes Aspudiro. Yeah, the family was great. The They're so awesome. Really yeah. so, but that's why I have them here with me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They're all on your shirt. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, they cannot be here for obvious reasons, which we support 100%, but I bring them with me in spirit. You know? yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a question that a lot of fans are going to have is where this kind of fits. Because obviously, we just had the Flash, which is supposed to be like a reset, and now we have Superman coming in a few fits? years. Have you had to think about, well, is this after the Flash? Who is Superman in this world? Have you made decisions like that? No, just not at the Nick time. And I think that's Nick the beauty Cage. of it, right? I think it's pretty vague in terms of we know Batman exists, we know Flash exists, we know Superman exists, uh, but we don't say how, where, or what, right? So I think it opens up the doors to any interpretation or any direction uh, James Gunn wants to go. Uh, and again, because it is setting Jaime up, what happens now moving forward is game. And I think that's why they found out like, you know, Jaime Reyes can be the first superhero of the new DCU because he is his own hero. See, that's what people are like mostly confused about is the fact that uh, when James Gunn said that, well, the first movie is Superman Legacy, but the first hero in the DCU is Blue Beetle. And everybody's like, what does that even mean? That doesn't make sense. And yes, it doesn't make sense. It kind of doesn't. It's like, okay, wait a minute. You're saying that Superman's going to be the first one in this new one, but you're also, gonna, you're also saying that this character also fits, but it doesn't. I don't know. It was confusing. It is confusing. And, well, I mean, let's face it. When they announce a new DCU slate... When there's still four freaking movies that were supposed to come out, it's just all confusing. And that's part of why everybody's just going like, what the hell? So when it comes to a Superman, obviously there's people that have seen it. There are people that have, yes, there are references to the other characters. He even said The Flash, which is interesting. But obviously I don't think they're going to do anything crazy like have a dark silhouette of Superman, show Superman in the distance. They're not going to do anything like that. They're just going to hopefully just, you know... There was no talks of that. There was no anything. Apparently, James Gunn has just been like, you know, keep it, do your thing, whatever the hell. And then eventually, yeah, we can incorporate it into the DCU, which hopefully they hopefully they can. But again, this this uh, this whole thing is going to need some help. And there are people that are wanting to help right here. We got a deadline article that says right here, Latino orgs say actors and writers deserve a deal that protects their work and livelihoods amid strikes urges support so they are saying right here latino leaders are urging the support of striking actors and writers from unserved communities in an open letter released on the hundredth day of the wga strike stories are more than entertainment they are powerful too for tool for social change that fuels our collective movement to build a more equitable just world for those who have been historically unrepresented and marginalized. So basically talking about that and giving the praise, of course, you know, giving the support to all this. So it's it gives a bunch of bullet points right here. Stories 
are more than entertainment. Everything we've invested, the creative talent development and executive pipeline programs to prepare aspiring creators and new generation of business leaders to succeed across our industry. We've created our own platforms to celebrate Latino excellence in media and honor work that uplifts our communities. So just a bunch of bullet points right there. And uh, you better believe that they are just like, hey, let's uh, let's do this. Let's do this when it comes to Blue Beetle. Let's help this out right here. Although the Alliance of Latinx, they should change that back to just Latino. Just saying. I got to turn that off. The whole Latinx thing, that needs to still go away. It's all right. I could say that I'm half. Um, but you just ask anybody. I always, I, I've said it many, many times. Like, what the heck? The Latin X? What the heck? That sounds like something Elon Musk came up with. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so everybody's urging like that. And then just goes back to the fact that they can't promote, they can't promote, the actors can't promote, Sholo can't promote. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, he's trying his best to not break the rules but let's face it i mean we've seen him take a picture with his sister in times square we've seen uh um, even his um bruna right uh the uh his co-star also uh, posting stuff as well it's all just it's all just crazy because you know what's funny too this is something that i actually heard on a podcast and then i even heard even having conversations with people in that business it is kind of interesting when it comes to the whole strike stuff because obviously it's for a good cause. It's all for a good cause because, let's face it, when it comes to the sliminess that's all happening, which we're going to talk more about, right, in a little bit when it comes to Bob Iger and the woes that are happening over at Disney and the fact that, you know, some of these streaming services are going to get a bump, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. But when it comes to, um, you know, when it, comes to the, when it comes to this whole thing and people just, again... What Zachary Levi said, I'm like, well, I kind of agree that it is kind of dumb that they can't talk about it. But yet they're comparing him to Stephen Amell, who I didn't agree with when he said that he didn't support the striking. And I was like, okay, that's where you went wrong right there. But I do. I'm like one of those guys. I'm like, well, they should still be able to, you know, support this. I get it. People are just saying like, no, they can't do it because then it's at, you know, it's sending more money to the companies, to these, these big, huge companies, the money's going there. But then at the same time, everybody forgot about that when Barbenheimer weekend came out. I mean, everybody flocked to the movie theater and gave the money and it's just kind of, it's just all just kind of funny. That's all because I've seen the proclamations on Twitter where people are saying I deleted all of my streaming services. I'm like, did you really, or did you just tweet? It's like, okay, I can I can understand getting rid of some because of all this, but did you really get rid of all of them? And then all of a sudden you'll see that same person a week later saying like, you know, giving a review on Barbie or giving a review on Oppenheimer. And I'm like, okay, so which one? So you're not supporting this, but you're supporting that. I don't know. There's, it's all just, it's all just crazy right now. It really is just all, it's all crazy. It's all crazy. And I saw, I had a super chat earlier from Todd. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Actors can do cons because of an exemption by SAG board member Michelle Hurd. They can sign picks brought to them by fans, but they cannot provide them. Okay. So there's all that right there. It's interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, but it's just, it just sucks because like I said, you want to support these, you know, we got the, the first, what, Latino superhero. It's something different. It's, uh, 
it's something it is important, obviously, you know, I mean, even Zack Snyder was saying representation matters and I get it. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. But I just what what irks me is the is the fans out there that just are they're, they're getting boners by the fact that they're like, this movie's going to flop hard. It's going to flop so hard. I can't wait. I can't wait. And they're waiting. They're waiting for that weekend to tweet how much it flops hard. When then you got like, you know, you got all these people over here who are like, nice people. Sholo seems nice. You watch the featurettes. You could tell how excited he is. The entire cast, they're so excited. And then you got somebody over, you know, in their corner of their, you know, shoebox apartment going, I can't wait for this movie to fucking bomb. I can't wait. It's like, it's so gross. It's so gross. I don't think I've ever wished that upon a movie, you know? (sighs) But, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people were thinking that Barbie was going to end up like going down the shitter. You know, we're looking at you, Ben Shapiro. This movie's going to go down in the shitter. (laughs) And it didn't, you know, but obviously there's going to be the people that push back against it. There's going to be that same side of YouTube and whatever the hell that say, oh, yeah, Blue Beetle's woke. It's all, you know, it's they're already freaking out about the Batman is fascist thing. But then it's like, again, did you not watch BVS? That was kind of like the point that he went into like a fascist type of mindset. And then he came back. That was the point of the freaking movie. So there's so just imagine somebody seeing that from an outside presence. But then again, that's not it's not uh, it's not going to be in this world now. Maybe at one point it was, but not anymore. So outside from the actors and writers, are the studios allowed to promote their films via trailer? Nah, they can't even do that. Mr. Nobody. Hey, Josh. Josh Herrera is here. Representation matters, and that's a highlight of the movie. It makes a spe- it makes it special and unique and underrepresented. Po- okay, there you go. Population, there you go. Where has Saggy been recently? She retired. Saggy's retired. She'll probably be back soon, but what can you do? I hear we're going to hear the voice of Ted Cord in a very unique shadow. Okay, yeah. I'm sure Cord, Ted Cord's got to be in there somewhere, so... Funny thing is, Shapiro was exactly was exactly that about Barbie. I can't wait for the movie to bomb. Yeah, he was wrong about that one. Definitely wrong. Wrong about that one. My bad. Anyways, it's my terrible Shapiro impression. But hey, but let's get over here to uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about Bobby Iger, huh? Let's talk about Bobby. What's Bobby doing over here, huh? Oh, he's talking about future plans. And, of course, quarter three, 2023 earnings call. So let's kind of go through this, try to go through it quickly. Because we don't need to sit here with a bunch of everything, go over everything and dissect everything. Chief Executive Officer Bob Iyer told analysts on the post-earnings call that in eight months since I returned, we've undertaken an unprecedented transformation at Disney, and this quarter's earnings reflect some of what we have accomplished. A few achievements. Here's the achievements right here. The company was completely restructured, restoring creativity to the center of the business. Well, fuck it, A. Is that what happened? Okay, so they restored creativity in Disney. Fantastic. 
Important management changes and efficiency improvements to create a more cost-effective, coordinated, and streamlined approach to operations. Okay, makes sense. Aggressive cost reductions across the enterprise with the company on track to exceed its initial, its initial, uh, sorry, thank you for the new subscriber right there, with the company on track to exceed the initial goal of $5.5 billion in savings. Jesus. How much is going in your pocket there, Bobby? The company has improved its direct-to-consumer operating income by roughly $1 billion in just three quarters as Disney continues to work toward achieving DTC profitability by the end of the fiscal year of 2024 in a challenging environment. I'm pleased with how much we've gotten in such a short period of time. But yeah, you're raising prices, aren't you? Oh, they are. That was one of the things that was uh, put out there today. We don't have to go through all this, but yeah, when it comes to Disney Plus, they are uh, gonna, you know, they're gonna raise the prices right there. The company has released details regarding upcoming subscription price changes for Disney Plus, Hulu, Hulu Plus, Live TV, ESPN Plus, and of course the whole entire bundle. Yes, that's all going up. They don't want to pay the writers, but hey, long as you're paying them, that's all that matters. Taking our ESPN flagship channels direct to consumer is not a matter of uh, of if, but when. So we got all that licensing deal, talking about that, and ESPN and everything. Like I said, I'm not going to go over this all. Maximizing our film studios and saying that we're focused on improving the quality of our films. Hey, that's a good thing to focus on. And on better economics. Yeah, don't just throw money at every little thing. Not just reducing the number of titles we release, but also the cost per title. Good. Lower the price. And we're maximizing the full impact of our titles by embracing the multiple distribution windows at our disposal, enabling consumers to access our content in multiple ways. Good. By focusing on big franchise and tentpole films, uh, let's see, um, we're able to generate interest in our existing library. For example, we're seeing tremendous engagement on Disney Plus with previous Guardians of the Galaxy films and uh, the original Avatar and the first four Indiana Jones movies, of course. But, you know, don't, you know, just let J James Cameron do his thing. Do not fuck with him, please. He'll just, you know, let him do his thing. So, yeah, just all of that. So there's Iger. And then, of course, talking about how he... He's still wanting this to work out deals and negotiations with the WGA and, of course, SAG-AFTRA. But at the same time, it's like they're not going to relinquish. I mean, when it, when it comes to this whole thing and when it comes to what he said about the ridiculous demands, it's like I can understand that maybe like when it comes to obviously studios. And this is another thing that when you actually start just kind of going, OK, if you think about this in a business sense, when it comes to the strikes, Writers, yes, if they actually put something for it, they should get residuals. It should be they should figure out a way. And, and let's face it, these studios have been doing slimy shit, even with regular things. Like we, we talked about that thing where where uh, that one dude was on a podcast and he said that when it came to Disney shows, they would like after two seasons, they would relocate whatever the show was about in a different setting and retitle the show so that way they didn't have to give them raises on all that they could just start them at square one because it'd be like a whole new show loophole they figured out stuff like that needs to be thrown out and when it comes to residuals and using ai because obviously there was like things where they were actually scanning people where they could use them as it use them as 
computer-generated images in the background later, people should be, okay, if you're using that, I mean, there should be contracts where you should get be paid for that. It should be all, um, it should be, they should be getting paid for that. But, uh, but what, where I'm, what I was getting at here is like, I'm sure that when it comes to a lot of stuff, yeah, writers, like, I mean, there's things that they probably get a lot of shit. They probably get a lot of shit. And you could see that. You could see like with some of the, the big movies that came out there. It's a lot of shit, you know? Let's face it, you know? You should, uh, <laughs> when it comes to Taco Waititi, you should have paid him half. I mean, at least. Or you should have cut his pay at least because let's face it, a lot of that was shit. But then again, still made a bunch of money because he was part of this whole big conglomerate, this big, huge universe right here. But I don't know. Well, let's hopefully they'll figure it out. But hey, when it comes to these CEOs and whatever overlords they have to report to, it's like they have to just, every year has to be, more profitable, more profitable, but they're just going to keep on raising the prices for streaming. Luckily, we could pick which streaming service we want, as opposed to like when you have cable, you have to like get a bundle and then like 20 percent you're only watching, and the rest of it you're not even watching. You know, soon it's going to get with that. It's already kind of gotten to that because again, these these studios are trying to like they're losing money. But they're made, I don't know, they made so much money that it's like, really? Okay, so we're just in this weird situation where you have so much money, but now you're trying to make more money, and you can't do that with streaming. I don't know. It's all just a shit show. It's a shit show. <sighs> Who knows what's going to happen with all this? Kind of makes you worried. Makes me worried a little bit. Like, what's going to happen? Hopefully more indie studios come about, too. But, oh, yeah, and another thing I was going to say, too, is, like, I don't know. Uh, I think I was leading to this because I went in off on a whole other tangent. But I was hearing on a podcast and even talking with people that, yeah, that that when it comes to the waiver thing and a lot of productions or, you know, I think I already kind of talked about this was that, you know, there's a lot of productions that are still trying to get that waiver so then they could just go into product production these lawyers are working like overtime and they're trying to get the waiver even if they work under these big companies that the 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 wga and sag after are striking against they are still trying to go into production because well they still just want to get their project done it's kind of funny it's like do people you know i think some people care they they pretend like they care but they really don't i don't know there's a lot of that going on for sure for sure. <clears throat> yep. I oh, know the bonuses. Yeah, Stephanie. The bonuses are are uh, crazy. The bonuses are crazy when it comes to that. Yeah, that whole thing, the loopholes when it comes to the bonuses. Whew, that is some shady shit. I mean, we saw what Sujihara did. Whew, it is gross. Anyways, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just some YouTuber that live streams. And wears Batman shirts and, you know, drinks vodka. That's all I know. Gran Turismo. All right. Based on a true story. <laughs> I, I love how they put that in the title. Uh, based on a true story. But anybody seen Gran Turismo this weekend? I was planning on seeing it. But uh, I'm going somewhere tomorrow with the family. So I'm not going to be seeing it. I'm not going to see the movie. Maybe I'll see it a little bit later. But uh, it was an interesting concept. It's Neil Blomkamp, which I really enjoyed. I mean, we're still waiting for that District 9 sequel that put him on the map. Well, hopefully we'll get something like that. But uh, let's just read some reviews right here. It's currently sitting at a 61% on the Devil Fruit site. 
Uh, there's no like synopsis on there. Okay, so uh, let's just kind of dive right into it. Gran Turismo is a slick, watchable hunk of cross-promotional pablum, a glorified infomercial with bona fide fide crowd-pleasing horsepower under the hood. Okay, not too bad from IGN. Not a world champion, but clearly a contender. Like it. The film touches on many aspects of life, big and small, and Blomkamp keeps things running at a brisk clip. Okay, here's the first bad review. Gran Turismo has taken the op- this opportunity and made the cliche version in this year of movies like Barbie and Air, which showed audiences that brand movies don't have to be basic. Nice. Another bad one right here. Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo is too unconfident, too distracted, too rote, and simply too short on gas to earn a place on the winner's podium. Hmm. Okay. And let's finish it off with with the film verdict right here. Director Neil Blomkamp and screenwriters Jason Hall and Zach Balin slip a... A relatably human underdog story amid the corporate mandated product pitching with some solid auto racing thrills for extra pleasure. Okay. So most of the critics are enjoying the film. Now let's, uh, I don't even know, I didn't even see box office. Does anybody even care? I mean, again, it's like when it comes to box office, does anybody care? Grand Therese, I didn't even pull it up. Box office. Let's see what the box office projections are. <clears throat> yeah, let's see. Gran Turismo, did I even say that? There's like no numbers. Am I not seeing numbers? I should probably go to Box Office Pro, but I'm not really seeing the, the numbers. Nobody was really talking about it. Gran Turismo, I, was, I just typed it in on Twitter. Okay, here we go. Box Office Gorilla is saying this. Well, that's not even it either. Well, it says right here. Uh, let's see. Remainder of August. We got, oh, retribution. What is it even coming out? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Christian Harloff was right. Studios need to lower their budgets. Yeah. I've said that too. I'm not really seeing any box office numbers. I don't think anybody really cares about the box office numbers. So we're not going to talk too much about the box office numbers. I don't really see it making too much. Maybe it'll be a little sleeper hit before Blue Beetle comes out. But uh, yeah, not seeing too many box office projection numbers right here. Everybody's just still, yeah, everybody's just looking. I should have just went to box office pro probably, huh? I was hoping it would just pop up, but I don't think there's really, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's, nobody's really caring about the box office projections when it comes to this one. It's just going to be a movie that... It's about racing, and hopefully it's going to be good. It's got some practicality to it. What are the box office projections even based on? Ticket sales, pre-ticket sales, hype. They probably incorporate that too. Yeah, I mean it's never, it's never, it's never uh, a legit number when you know it's never. It's usually way off. It's been way off when it comes to this year. It was way off when Spider-Verse, I think, with Guardians. I remember I was hearing Guardians wasn't going to do that great, and it ended up doing pretty fantastic. And then, of course, uh, yeah, but it was right about the fly. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Sadly. Adam Devine. Devine, Devine. I'm probably saying it wrong. Tomato, freaking Tomato. But you always know who this is. He was on Workaholics. That was the first time I seen him, of course. 
Loved Workaholics. It was a show that I watched frequently when it was when it was on Comedy Central. Me and my buddies would watch that a lot because why not? But uh, recently he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast, and I couldn't find the actual video for it. I know I'm like messing up messing up on the video stuff, but. He was on Theo Vaughn's podcast, and they were asking, you know, th- there's always been a topic of conversation when it comes to the, because I listen to a lot of podcasts with comedians. It's always been a topic of conversation about comedies nowadays, how, you, oh, you couldn't do a hangover now, or you couldn't do an animal house now. You couldn't do, like, and when they, they bring up how comedies are suffering now, R-rated comedies, comedies specifically, it's like people are afraid to do them. Todd Phillips, who has made a bunch of R-rated comedies has even talked about that as well, like how nowadays studios are worried about offending people and the backlash and everything. But it, but it almost seems like now, and it's funny that it's still a topic of conversation, that when it even comes to what comedians are, I mean, there's been a, a comedian boom these last like five, six years when it comes to podcasts, when it comes to clips online. I mean, it just seems like there's a comedy boom that is happening right now. That's why I listen to a bunch of comedian podcasts because I didn't listen to these podcasts before. I mean, there's a couple of podcasts that I was listening to prior of 2017, 2018, but it just seems like all of a sudden now I watch like 10 more of like comedians that I just found out about in the last like three years. But it's always a topic of conversation about that. And I'm just like going, all right, guys, you, you comedians, just, just hopefully you could just do shit. You don't have to deal with studios, just do your shit. And they're already like things that they were getting backlash on before. They're not getting backlash on now, or they're just uncancelable. I don't know. It's all pretty crazy. But basically what the Variety article, of course, that he actually called out for clickbait was saying that, uh, well, it says it right here. He, let's just bring up his tweet. But so in the headline, which, of course, naturally people just read the headline and you saw the clip, he said, you watch comedies nowadays. You're like, it's not even fucking funny. My theory, I think Marvel ruined it. So a lot of people were just kind of like using this. If you hate Marvel, you use it. If you love Marvel, you try to defend it. And you're like, oh, wow, well, all his comedy sucks and whatever the hell. But then, of course, you have a community notes right here. It says, without context, the statement is highly misleading. As Adam Devine itself itself quotes the tweet with the following. I was saying that studios in trying to compete with Marvel have stopped making mid-budget comedies. I miss seeing comedy in the theaters. So basically just talking about like everybody's trying to go after the Marvel machine. And then he said right here, this is the tweet that he had right here. As a guy who loves movies and TV, it's cool to be in variety, but this is misleading. I like Marvel and I think these movies are cool. I was saying that studios, and of course what he said right here, he missed seeing comedy in theaters. He even followed it up right here. First flight was late and I missed my connection. It's definitely American Air's fault, but I feel it's probably also Marvel's fault. So he's having a sense of humor about it. So a lot of people were just kind of like taking his quotes and especially with the clip I saw saying that, you know, when it comes to Marvel's comedy, it's like, oh, yeah, they're chasing after that. They want the PG-13 laughs or something. It's like, no, that's not the case. They just want the Marvel machine. They want the money. Again, it's all greed. It's all greed, but it's funny because if you just, if you make a bare bones, low budget comedy, that's going to shock audiences like the hangover did way back when, or 
you know, I mean, obviously there's movies that are trying now, trying to grab that, trying to get that lightning in a bottle. You could have like a big, huge hit. You have a low budget and then it blows up and you could just, but then, then of course they're like, well, we got to make sequels, sequels and sequels. And I think that's, I think the hangover movie, I think hangover should have been one movie and that's it. The sequels, I mean, they had their moments, but the sequels were, eh. They were just trying to capture that lightning in a bottle again. That's the only bad part, is if you have something like that. You have an R-rated, raunchy comedy that everybody goes and sees. All of a sudden, it's like, well, now we got to make sequels. And it's like, well, that doesn't always work. And it really didn't work too much with the Hangover series. But hopefully, something can happen more. But stop being clickbait. Stop being clickbait. Stop using clickbait. Stop saying all that. Don't take his quotes out of context. That's basically what's happening. Couldn't do Blazing Saddles now. Oh, hell no. Tropic Thunder? Fuck no. He couldn't do that either. Yeah, well, MCU comedy is cringe. I mean, sometimes it works for certain things. You know, there's moments. I thought Ant-Man, it worked. Some characters, it works. But, um... Yeah, it's just mainly yeah, 21, 22 Jump Street was pretty good. I think those are recent ones that were like kind of pushed it a little bit. But I mean, I see what he's saying. But then at the same time, I'm like, there's there's a shift happening right here. It's like, come on, comedians, put out your shit, you know, do something. I mean, they are. That's the thing. It's like there's such a comedy boom right now. And you got comedians that are pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And they're not, you know, the whole cancel culture. They're they're immune to it now. It seems it's like. It just seems like that's what's that's what's happening when I'm listening to these podcasts and whatever. So that's all I'm just kind of saying. Ted, yeah. Second Ted was not good, Ryan. The second Ted was not good. First Ted was great. Second Ted, not so much. Hey, Lane's here. What's going on? Of course, your obsession with James Gunn continues. <laughs> I've never hated somebody so much that I just can't... People I hate, I just don't repeat their name over and over and over again. Come on, Lane. It's okay. Get over it. It's fine. You're good. You'll live. You'll live. Okay. We got some questions right here. Let me go to... uh, Let's see... Where is that? Uh, let me try this. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the YouTube questions. If I have any YouTube questions. All right, no YouTube. Yeah, people, you know, like I said, slow couple of days. So it was like, all right, let's talk about this. All right, I'll go ahead and pull this up. Whoop. All right, Eric, hey Dave, say your two cents on Disney Apple idea is spot on. Iger should sell stuff. With 20th Century Fox, Hulu, and ESPN to Apple and maybe put the money from the sale into Promise uh, WDW uh, Park expansions. Yeah, they should. I mean, the parks is what really brings in their money, right? Streamline a bit and focus on the key centerpieces, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the parks really bring in the money and pandemic really f that up for them of course i mean not in florida florida they kind of kept disney world open but disneyland over here was closed for like a year and a half or a year i don't know it was closed for a bit so they lost a ton of money over here yeah you know 
It's Governor Newsom for you. Darkness under the wind. Dave, could you see if Superman shows up in Blue Beetle causing some kind of confusion with the general audience if it's Cavill shown and not? It's just a shadow. It's not going to be. Yeah, it would be confusing. And it's not going to be Cavill. It's just going to be, like I said, it's just going to be references. And, and uh, Soto did a good job of keeping it pretty, you know, pretty solo. Devon Wooter, hello, Dave. Mortal Kombat 1 for the PS5 looks incredible. It would be crazy. You could play as John Wick in that game and it would be nuts. And I know this will never happen, but to see RoboCop versus Terminator in a movie, will you pay? To, oh, yeah, I'd pay to see that. I played the game, RoboCop versus Terminator. Yeah, it'll never happen, but, you know. Ryan, my movie for this week. Anyone going to uh, see the new Batman film this year, right? Yeah, that's that uh, Dracula film, Demeter, Demeter. I wanted to see it, and I, you know, I was hoping to actually check this one out, but just not going to happen for me, so hopefully it's good. Mr. Nobody, hey Dave, another day for an out-of-the-box idea. What if Wonder Woman 3 would be a swan song like, yes, that's what I was thinking, where because of some event, most of the superheroes are either imprisoned, retired, or dead, and Wonder Woman is the last superhero for the main team leading a small team of the resistance this would be set in a futuristic futuristic timeline which would be a great way to introduce terry mcginnis and invoke any elements from batman beyond with an old grisly semi-retired batman given the dark cyberpunk futuristic nature you need a director who would be perfect to blend between tim burton and deny i say it wrong it would be also it would also be cool if Zack Snyder would be one of the producers. Clearly, his plate is full. But just to chime in with a few ideas that would make us, the, make us, the fans, immediately catch certain scenes and say, oh, yeah, that was a Snyder thing. It will happen, probably. Not, not, but we can dream, can't we? What do you think? How do you envision Wonder Woman 3 playing out? Well, man, I mean, I said it. Last week, and I said it on the Vodka stream. I mean, what if it was a DC Elseworlds? What if they just said, fuck it? This, yeah. What if it's like a Logan? It's a swan song. It's a send off for Gal. I still don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think she's going to be anywhere with the, the new DCU slate. It's not going to happen, but it would be cool to do an Elseworlds movie where she, it just goes balls to the wall. Make it rated R or a hard, hard PG-13. And it's just hard. Make it a hard PG-13, like the Batman. Make it like the Batman. Where, yeah, that, that's actually a, a pretty cool idea where it could take place in the future like that. Could be something that they can run with. But, uh, yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't see her being part of James Gunn's DCU. But... If it was going to be anything, it could be a DC also. I was saying, like, well, do do the original origin that Zack wanted. You know, the Crimean War. Do all that. But, of course, he was going to go full R-rated when it came to his Wonder Woman backstory of just chopping heads off and, you know, kind of just... There's some other promiscuous things that she would do, too. So, you know, that was a cool little backstory. So I'm like, yeah, just make it. Just make it. Just do that. But I do like the idea of, like, a Logan-esque swan song where, yeah, it could be the future and maybe there isn't too many other characters. And, yeah, you could, like, introduce, like, a grizzled-type Batman or something in that as well. But then again, it's like, well, it would be... But, but if it was, oh, man, see, again, 
See, now you're getting my brain working in, working right here, Mr. Nobody, because now I'm like, shit, Ben would come back for that. Wouldn't Ben come back for that? He probably would come back for that because it wouldn't be a big part. Just put some, you know, make him old looking, put some old man makeup on him. And then he could be that old grizzled fucking Dark Knight Returns Batman. See, there's some possibilities are there, and I think that movie probably would do well. An R-rated Wonder Woman movie as a send-off for Gal Gadot? DC Elseworlds. Jesus. Now my brain just keeps on going. I'm just like, whoa, whoa. You know, because I just, you know, because I, I had that idea as well, just like other people did. It'd be in Elseworlds, but it's definitely not going to be part of DCU, I don't think. I just don't think it's going to be that... Ben Eberts, what's going on? Thank you for the $5 super chat. Wait, Jennifer Lawrence, raunchy comedy, no hard feeling was a hit. Was it a hit? I didn't hear much about it. I did not hear much about it. I mean, I know it came out. I don't know what the budget was to the box office. Was it like a, was it a, was it a big hit? I didn't see it. Although I probably will check it out because I heard, well, I saw maybe a clip online where I was like, oh, she, I mean, she did that. Sweet. I don't know. But again, I'm like hoping. And then we got that Strays, the Stray Dogs movie that's coming out with Jamie Foxx and, and uh, Will Ferrell. They're Strays and it's R-rated. I'm kind of hoping. I'm like, all right. You know, maybe these R-rated comedies are coming back. It's just like a common thing that gets talked about on these podcasts, though. And I'm like, all right, well, you guys are the ones that need to make it happen. <sighs> so, but yeah, I didn't see um, I didn't see the Jennifer Lawrence one, though. But yeah, I heard she has a very, very naked scene in it, which I was like, okay, cool. That's one right way to check it out. But yeah, um, I don't know what the, yeah, again, I don't know the box office, though. But And then you had that... Uh, what was the one with the uh, the Asian cast? What was that one? With uh, Stephanie Hugh from uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What was that movie? That movie. That one didn't do well, sadly. I thought that one was might have done well. So, But I don't know. I'll have to check out the Jennifer Lawrence one. <laughs> you know. As far as I know, No Hard Feeling came out. Yeah, it came and went. It didn't really, like blow up but it but if it had a small budget it cost 45 million and made them money cost 40 what, what did it make them though you got to times it by two and a half i'm kind of curious now since we're wrapping up the stream i'm kind of curious but yeah mr nobody i like your idea Let's see what was it called that hard feeling no hard feeling feelings maybe there's maybe there's hope for Raunchy comedies. Okay. So it had $45 million budget. That seems, that's, you know, it's relatively high. I mean, for a, well, for a R-rated comedy. It made $85 million. So not quite. Not quite. $85 million, not too bad, but if you're having a $45 million budget, you got to times it by two and a half, three for it to be profitable. But, I mean, you know, it did... Kind of, that's the way you're supposed to look at it, but it wasn't a flop for sure. So, not like again, maybe R rated comedies are going to start making their way back. You know, opening with a $15 million uh, poll and then, you know, domestic making 50.4, that's pretty good. 
So people in the States were definitely, they're craving R-rated raunchy comedies. Definitely craving that. It's going to be interesting to see what the strays do. Joyride. There you go. Thank you. I couldn't remember the title. I wanted to see that one too, but didn't get around seeing it. So I'll probably check it out online. Thank you, Evan. I couldn't remember the name of that. I was like, that was dit, dit, dit. But that one didn't do well at all. That one didn't do well. Oh, well. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. If you want to be part of the members-only stream, become a member. We'll be talking after this, and members look for the link in your YouTube feed. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when I'm doing this stuff, and hit that like thumbs up, share the stream, do all that. Follow me on all the sock meds that are around me, of course, as well. For, uh, you know, bonus content, of course, the Patreon is right there. I'm not seeing a movie tomorrow because, like I said, I'm going somewhere with the family, so not gonna, so don't look forward to anything with, like, with that. But I'll see you guys on Friday for the vodka stream. Thank you for clicking in. Love you. Talk to you later.